Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Good stuff. Hey, well, we continue that series today. In fact, this is the last part of the Frequency series we've been talking about hearing God's voice. And our anchor uh, passage of scripture that we've been uh, sitting on recently is John chapter 10, verses three through five. John chapter 10, verses three through five. You'll see it on the screens, or if you have your Bible, you can even open there right now. Jesus is telling a little pretend story, if you will. They're called parables, and he's, and he's driving home an idea, a, a principle, and he's, and he's describing really who he is and painting a picture of, of a shepherd. And so I want to read it. John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So it's this picture of Jesus as the shepherd leading, going ahead of his sheep and calling out to them and them recognizing and knowing his voice. The sheep don't go with a different shepherd because they follow their shepherd. It's a phenomenal picture of who Jesus is for you and for me. And so we today have a speaking God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God still speaks today like he did thousands of years ago? I know, I know I've experienced his whisper in my own life, and we talked about that last week. We talked about how God usually speaks. It's usually just through a whisper or an impression or a nudge. The week before that, we talked about, well, what do we need to do to be able to hear that whisper, to get in tune, that, that frequency, like what are we to do? And it starts with our hearts, right? We talked about the prepared heart. It talks about there's a, there's a posture of humility that's required before you can ever hear God's voice. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So we serve a speaking God, but how many of you know that there's an enemy that has a voice too, <laughs> right? In fact, he actually spoke to me this morning. <laughs> Well, in fact, he spoke to me about five minutes ago while we were worshiping and praying. Oh, yeah, this enemy speaks to me a lot. Five minutes ago, he was saying, you know, you can't go up there. No, you, you, you are just too unrighteous. Hey, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have enough Bible inside of you to go up there and stand before those people. You're a fraud, man. You're a phony uh, Jesus' grace doesn't work for you and, and, and the lies and the lies and the lies. But I had another voice that quickly came over me and it was the small whisper of the Holy Spirit saying, tune that out. I have chosen you. I have qualified you. I have promoted you. I have a specific assignment for you and it even starts today. So there's these competing voices that are constantly open for us to recognize. And so today, I, I really want to talk about, on this last 
sermon of this series, recognizing the voice of God. We know that he, he, he whispers to us, but how do we recognize that it's him and not something else? How do we recognize that it's God who's speaking to us and it's not the pizza from last night? Hello, you know what I'm talking about? Because here's the reality. Sometimes it's not his voice. Sometimes it's really something else. And how many of you know that even the best of us can get it wrong at times? And, and, and have you ever heard someone come to you and say, I, you know, I feel like God is a word for you. Now, that, that, that's a dangerous sentence, right? I feel like God has a word, gave me a word for you. Now, that's awesome, but it also can be kind of scary at times. Uh, and it can happen to the, the, the best of uh, the best. Of the, I, I, had a, I had a friend. It was the night before he was to get married. And this very godly woman, I mean very godly woman, who really does hear from God, called him and said, son, I've got a word from God for you. And he said, okay, Mrs. So-and-so. And she said, God says you're not supposed to marry that girl tomorrow. And he said, really? <laughs> yes, really. And he said, okay, and he hung up the phone and he got married the next day to that girl. And they've been happily married for over 10 years now. So, so how many of you know that sometimes <laughs> even the best of the best can get it wrong? So the question is, how, how do we... How do we recognize that it's really him talking and not something else? You know, I think about Peter, for example. He missed it one time. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, I wonder, can you tell me what everyone is saying about me? I'm paraphrasing. He says, he says can you guys tell me who people say that I am? And they responded, well, some people say you're Elijah. Some people say A, B, and C. And, and then he stopped him and said, well, who, who, do, who do you guys say that I am? Do you remember this? And Peter, you know, shouts out, you're the Messiah. You're the son of God. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, that certainly didn't come from man. It must have come straight from the father. So he gets it right there. But then there's another time where, where, where Jesus is... He's describing his imminent death, and he's upset about it, and, he, and, and the disciples are confused, and Peter takes them aside and says, you better listen to me right now. I'm paraphrasing. He says, you're not going to die. No, 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 you're not going to die. And how did Jesus respond? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block. So yeah, even the best at times can miss the voice. So the question is, what do we do? What do we do? Most of the time, people have really good intentions. So the question is, how do we do it? How do we recognize it? I'm reminded of this verse, 1 John 4, verse 1. This is, what, this is what John says that you must do when it comes to recognizing the voice of God. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit's so, so John is saying there's more than just the Holy Spirit. There's, there's multiple spirits. And, and so John says, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. 
Look at this passage of scripture here from Proverbs 14. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Recognizing the voice of God. So let me, let me help you out today with, with a few filters that you can run your experience or your whisper or the impression that you're getting. A few filters that will help you differentiate between these different spirits. Can I do that? So just let me, let me give you a few filters here that you can use whenever, whenever you're getting a nudge that you feel like it's from the Holy Spirit. You can use this little strategy. Here's the first filter, write this down. Ask yourself, does it line up with the Bible? If you're getting a nudge or an impression or you're feeling like maybe, maybe this is God, the question you have to ask yourself, here's the filter that you can use. The question is, does it line up with the Bible? Because here's the reality, God's voice will never contradict his word. Never will. I'll have people that come up to me on a regular basis wanting my opinion on what God is saying, for example, like on social issues or, or whether something is a sin or it isn't a sin. And they're like, well, what do you think about it? And I, and I, and I nine times out of 10, I'll say, well, my opinion is completely irrelevant. <laughs> my my, my op- opinion doesn't even matter because what does matter is that his word already has the answer for you regarding the issue because he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and his current voice will not contradict his written word. So let me give you an example. Matthew chapter 19, verses three through six. The Pharisees were constantly trying to get Jesus in a pickle constantly trying to trick him and, 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 and use their words to test him. Look what happens here. It says, some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Now look how Jesus responds. He doesn't just blurt out his answer. He says, haven't you read? There's already clarity on this issue. And you're you're the smartest religious dudes here. It's in the book. He says, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh so they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So here's a, here's a hot button uh, topic right here, divorce. Just because currently half or even more than that, maybe, I don't know the, st- the statistics now, but it used to be half, just because at least half of every marriage ends in divorce in this country, it doesn't mean that God has changed his mind on it. Let me be clear. God doesn't hate divorced people. He hates divorce. And I'm so grateful that we serve a God who can redeem anything, anything. There's nothing that he can't redeem. Maybe you walked into this place today and you say, I'm too broken. 
I, I lived a certain pattern of lifestyle for too long and I am unforgivable. I want you to know that he can redeem every last thing that you've ever done, including divorce. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that there's people sitting in this room who have been divorced, who have been redeemed by Jesus, who are not only redeemed, but now they're serving other people who are walking this life. In fact, we have something called divorce care. It's, you can even go check it out at our small group showcase in just a few minutes here. And I'm just, I'm just telling you. But here's the thing. He, he, he's not changing what he has to say about it based on culture shifting on the issue. Luke 21, verse 33, it says, and though all heaven, look at this, and although heaven and earth shall pass away, yet my words remain forever true. How many of you know that the Bible can be taken out of context? There's a lot of people who will twist scripture to make it fit into their agenda. Is there any people in this room that you love running? Raise your hand right now, because I want to I want to call you out. You oh, I know Kathy right here. You love running. Did you know because you run, you're wicked? <laughs> Kathy, it says it says it in the Bible. Let me show you right here. If you run. If you're a jogger, you are, look at Proverbs 28.1, the wicked run away when no one is chasing them. That's what the Bible says. But the godly are as bold as lions. We can, we can, take, we can take scripture out of context just like that, just like that. So grateful that his word never changes. You know, you know, the devil did this to Jesus when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. He, the, the, the devil came to Jesus and said, uh, <laughs> Jesus, doesn't the Bible say? Do you remember this? The devil completely twists up what scripture said, and I love how Jesus responds. He gives him three other passages of scripture. So, 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 the, so it can get twisted, right? But at the end of the day, God's voice will never contradict his word. So if you, if you aren't sure if you're hearing God's voice correctly, the first thing at least you can do is see if it lines up with the scriptures, with the Bible. Here, here's the second filter that you can uh, use here. And here, Write this down. It says, will it make me look more like Christ? This is a good one. If, is the impression that I'm getting Will it make me look more like Jesus after I follow through with it? After I've made the decision, will I look a little bit more like him? When I was a kid, I was obsessed with Michael Jordan. I mean, I, any, any of you out there that you were just like, I mean, I'm telling you, he was like my hero. I, I would wake up daily and think about how I could look more like him, how I could talk like him, how I could dress like him, how I could shoot a basketball like him. In fact, I, there was like this period of time where if you were to ask me what I was going to do with my life, I was going to the NBA, and I, and I really, I believed it, and I was going to look just like Mike. In fact, Gatorade had this, had this uh, 
this uh, branding, and it was Be Like Mike. Do you, do you remember this? And, and, like, and like, so it was just like, if you drink this Gatorade, you don't talk, you're going to be just, you're going to look just, you're going to, and if, like Mike, I mean, there's a song. If I could be like Mike, wanna be, wanna be, wanna be like Mike. Is there any, but you don't remember this, right? I mean, I'm telling you, like Mike. And I was obsessed with trying to be like him. I did everything I could. Never could get, I could never pay for the shoes, but I got some knockoffs and everything, you know. Just like I was so obsessed with looking like Michael Jordan, in the same way, if you're a follower of Jesus in this house today, if you aren't waking up every morning obsessed with wanting to look a little bit more like him, talk a little bit more like him, act a little bit more like him, something is off just a little bit here. And I love what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. He says, in your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. So is this impression, this whisper that I think is from God, is it going to make me look a little bit more like Jesus or is it just something I ate the night before? You, you, can, you can filter this stuff through these. Does it line up with the word? And will it make me look a little bit more like him? And so if your answer is yes, then the content you're receiving from God will look a lot like this. James chapter 3. Look at this passage of scripture. It says this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Then it's peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers will sow in peace, reap a harvest of the righteousness. What you're getting, if it's, if it's legitimately coming from God, it will look like this. So, so before you click enter or send on that text or that email, does it look like this or does it look like something else? Because if it looks like something else, most likely that's just you and not coming from God. Is this helping? Just these practical little things here. So that's the second one. Here's the here's third one. Write this down. This is great. Does godly counsel agree? It's a filter you can use. You can use it. Does godly counsel agree with what you believe is coming from God? If, if you're here in this room today and you're hearing a whisper from God, please go talk to one of your godly mentors about it one of your pastors about it and see if they agree with what you're hearing. And, and not only just that one person, see if they, they might agree with each other. This is huge. You, you can use this. If, if you're getting something, before you act on it, say, hey, let me, I'm gonna pick up the phone and call my small group leader. Some, someone who's godly and, and just see what they think about it. See, see if there's some affirmation there. There's some, some truly good counsel. In fact, uh, a couple of months ago, I was looking through, you know, our church's mission statement, purpose statement, values, that sort of a thing. And, and, and let me tell you, if you're new here, this church for over 100 years 
has been, a, 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 has been about a whole bunch of things, but the two main things is evangelism and discipleship. Th- those two things will never not be on the top of the list of this church right here, okay? So for every mission statement, purpose statement we've ever had, it always includes that in some type of vocabulary. And when I got here, I really felt like the Lord placed on my heart just some new vocabulary to use regarding something that we've always been practicing, right? And so I was like, yes, that's, and, I, and I wrote it down, and I was like, this is it. And then I even wrote down like, like, like values that I truly believe that were, were from God, and I wrote them all down. I, you can come in my office anytime. They're on, I wrote them all down, dated it, the whole thing. And I was like, this was like, a, I don't know, maybe it was a, a, a Sunday afternoon or a Monday morning. And I was like, next Sunday, oh man, it's, I'm going to put it on the screen. Like I'm going to put it right up there because I heard from God on it. And all of a sudden, I got another whisper. <laughs> and you know what the whisper was? Jeff, why don't you get a little uh, godly mentoring on this? Get, see, see, if, some, see if, some, if, if there's some agreement there. And so what did I do? I started picking up the phone and calling different elders on our board. And I said, hey, elder, I, I just feel like, you know, and I, and I explained the whole thing to them. And I said, do, do you think maybe I could bring this up on Wednesday at our elders? Yeah, bring it up. And, well, what do you think about it right off the top? I, I think it's great. I'll, I'll pray about it too. And I, I just called a couple different ones. I, I actually met with a couple different ones. And then we got to the elders meeting. I said, brothers, I just feel like, and I, and I laid it out. And you know what happened around that table? We were in 100% agreement and we prayed about it. And I was able to put it up on the screen on Sunday. And, everyone, and everyone's like, yeah. Why? Because I just, I got some wise counsel on what I felt like the Lord was just saying to me. And, it, and, it, and not, only, not only was that the right thing to do, and it encouraged me in my delivery. Like, like the leaders of this house were behind me. I could feel it when I put it up on the screen. I felt different elders' presence looking at me like, Cheer, yeah, we're with you. So, so if you're getting a nudge or something, does godly counsel agree with you? Look at Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise, look at this, listen to what? Advice. The wise listen to advice. Here's another verse, Proverbs 19, 20 through 21. Listen to my advice. Here's the part I don't really like all the time. Accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Sign me up for that. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, there's some people, though, who will keep going to the next person. Do you know what I'm talking about? Ah, I didn't. That's not the answer I wanted. And they'll go to the next person. And the next, you know what I'm talking about? And the next person. And finally, person number nine is like, I'm all with you, JF. You know what I mean? And and people will do that. You hear about the guy who, uh, he was driving in his car, and he was getting close to Krispy Kreme. Have you heard this? And he said, God, if that hot and ready sign is on, that's confirmation that I'm supposed to buy a whole box. And so he drove up, and sure enough, the sign was off. And so he just drove around for about an hour until... (laughs) So it's important to get agreement. And if you don't, you need to question if that was really from God or not. 
a little practice, I, I never make a major decision in my life, or even smaller decisions without, without that little strategy right there. If I, don't, if I call one of, one of my mentors or pastors, and they're like, I don't know, man. I, I might call one more person just to confirm what that person said, and if I get, I don't know, I'm, I'm shutting it down. I just, I'm not even going to, that was the pizza from last night, all right? So the question is right there, is there agreement in the counsel that you receive? Proverbs 24, look at this, surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. So here's the last, last one, and the band can come back. How do I know this nudge, this whisper, this bump? that I believe is from God, how do I know it's really from him? How do, how do I really know? And write this down. Do I have peace? Do I have peace? My grandfather who pastored in this town for 50 years, he, he would just, he would just work, he would say, son, you wanna know God's will for your life? When you get that impression, when you get that nudge, there's a couple of things he would say. It always involves an open door. I can hear him saying it. It always involves an open door, son. And when you walk through that open door, you better have peace about it. Because because peace is the vocabulary. It's the actions. It's who the Holy Spirit is. He's peace. He comes in peace. He communicates in peace. So the question you have to ask yourself is, what I'm getting, what I'm feeling, does it, does it give me godly peace? You might be a little anxious about it, but I'm telling you, he is the God of peace. Is what God is giving me, is it, is it, is it a true sense of his peace? Is it overwhelming peace or is it paralyzing anxiety? The Holy Spirit speaks and communicates through peace. First Corinthians, this is a great verse. Write this one down. 14 verse 33 says, for God is not the author of confusion. He's not the author of confusion, but of peace. He's the author of peace. That's who he is. In fact, he's called the prince of peace. Peace, peace. I can remember several years ago, my wife Ashley and I we were living in Los Angeles, and we, we felt the Lord was nudging us and, and leaning on us and whispering to us about leaving where we were at. We were uh, associate pastors of, of a church in, in Los Angeles, and, and we felt like the Lord was nudging us to step out in faith and, and do, start something, uh, you know, start a church or take over a, an existing church that had that had um, gone through some hard times and bring it back to life. We, we didn't know, we didn't have clarity on it, but we felt like the Lord was moving us into a new season. And, and, and so, so I, I, was, I, was using, I was using these principles here. When I would say, I feel like, and she would say, well, let's go through the list kind of a thing. Let's, let's call our mentor, let's call our pastors, let's, let's do A, B, and C, let's check the word, let's do all these things. So we were doing that, but it wasn't clear. And then out of the blue, I got a call from a church in Florida. And they said, hey, uh, we want to see if you'd be interested in coming down here. We're, we're a church that's just dwindled down to just a few people. And we just we really want to bring this thing back to life. And, 
And it felt, it, like for me, it was like, I, I prayed about it. I felt good about it. I was like, yeah, this is, this is cool. You know, I'm like, in Florida, why not? You know, I was like, yeah, right? Beach, you know, that, this is how I was thinking. This is like, they got the beach, you know, my parents live there, you know, just all these selfish, like whatever. And, uh, and so I'm going, I'm, and so, so I'm, and I'm just like, have you ever like wanted something so bad? You start praying like it's going to happen no matter what. You're like, God, you know, I want this. You to give the desires of my heart and all this stuff. And, and this is how it's going to be. So I just need you to like help me out and get, you know, it's not even like a, it's not like, Hey God, what do you think of it? it was, like that was the type of prayers I was praying. And I can remember, I even told my wife about it. And, 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 and you know what she said to me? She looked at me and she said, I don't know. And I said, well, it's, uh, the salary's awesome and we get full benefits and blah, blah, it's going to be awesome and we don't have to live in this little dumpy apartment off of Sunset Boulevard anymore and our kids, oh my gosh, the kids are going to love the out, all this stuff, right? She said, ah, I'll pray with you, but I don't, I don't know, right? And I said, well, get behind me, Satan. And <laughs> but I, I was just like, I, and I was like, well, <laughs> Well, that's, she's not in agreement with me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find someone who is. <laughs> you know, I, we all, so I picked up the phone. And by the way, they had offered it. It was like, it's yours. Just let's go. And I said, I'm pretty much all in with you. Just let me make a few calls just to, you know. So I picked up, I've got, I've got some different uh, mentors across this country that if I have a big decision or something, I call them and, so I called this one brother and I was like, bro, this is awesome. And I, I just r started rattling off how cool it was and stuff. And he was just silent on the phone, right? And, and, you know, I've always wanted this and all this kind of stuff. And, he, and, he, and I get all, he's like, he goes, are you done? And I was like, well, yeah, what do you think? I'm just telling you, it's going to be up. He said, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think that, I don't know. I, I just, in fact, I think you should pick up the phone right now and call that call those elders and say, you're not interested. And I said, get thee behind me. You know, I said, what are you talking about? He said, I just, I don't feel like that. Hang the phone up. Nah, that guy, he, that guy's not with me. You know, he started doing that. He, that guy was never with me. Pick up the phone. I called like three and four. I went to my senior pastor and I sat down in his office and I was like, how awesome is this West Palm Beach? And he looked at me and he said, I don't think that's God, son. And you know what I did? I did it anyway. I called him and said, I'm all in. I resigned from my position in Los Angeles and I was headed to West Palm Beach with no alignment, with no one in agreement with me. And the boxes were in our little apartment, the whole thing, everything's ready to go. And I've resigned no job, nothing. And you know what happened? That church emailed me. They didn't even call me. They emailed me and said, we feel like God's going in another direction. We're, we're not going to have you come after all. Like, what are you talking about? I don't, I'm up a stream now. Like, I'm a, I just, you know what I mean? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do any of this. I just did what I wanted to do. But you know, you know how God works? 
Did you, did you know that I got that email on a Sunday night? And by 6 a.m. the very next day, I got a phone call from someone in this town who wanted to help me plant a church in downtown Tacoma. I mean, that's just, even through our, our brokenness, he'll throw us a lifeline. Like, 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 JF, you missed my voice, but you're still my kid. So here, here's the life preserver. Ah. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to drop. But I want you to learn from this. And that, that's even through my brokenness. That's how I got here. And five years later, here I am right here. We planted a phenomenal church in downtown Tacoma. And a lot of people in this room have come over to here to be with us, a part of this new thing. And I'm just telling you today, you can skip all that stuff if you'll just use these little simple strategies Whenever you're getting something from God, go through that list. I, I, I'm reminded in Philippians, this is my, this is probably my most famous, I'm not, not favorite, not famous, most favorite verse in all of scripture. It'll go up on the screens here. But this is what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. If you're getting that nudge today, if you're getting something in your spirit, and you've gone through this entire process of seeing if it lines up with God's word and getting counsel on it and seeing if there's agreement there and, and making sure that it doesn't contradict with what he said. If you go through, and if there's peace in the middle of all of that, now activate this in your life. Do not be anxious about anything, not some things. Don't be anxious about anything. Now, this is hard. Paul says, do this. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. After you've gone through this, there's going to be some human anxiety that might creep up. But utilize his word in this area. Are you at peace? Are you at peace? In just a couple of minutes here, we're going to leave. But I encourage you today. If you're looking to go deeper with the Lord, if you're wanting to hear his voice in an even deeper way, it starts in community. I cannot harp on this more. Jesus went out of his way to model how his followers should live. He didn't need 12 misfits to help him fulfill his assignment here on earth. He did that to model how we should live because he's God, we're not. We need each other. And I'm telling you, you will speed up the healing in your life. You will speed up the recognition of his voice in your life. You, you will speed up all of these things that we are pursuing in our walk if you do it together with other people. And people are messy, and I get it. People hurt each other, I get it. People betray each other, I get it. Happened to Jesus himself. That's what we've been called to do. Thanks again for joining us. 
To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.